Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Owl's Nest, bringing you your bird's eye view of the Overwatch League and everything that's going on in it. What'd you think, Jake? Did you like that one? I've been workshopping that for a few weeks now. Yeah, it's a good one. I like the, the bird's eye view. It's cute. <laughs> We're going to start by talking about some of the takeaways that we had from last week at Philadelphia's homestand. We have a little bit of a different second segment for you where we're going to have our own fantasy draft that has a little bit of a flair to it. And then we're going to end, as we always do, previewing what's coming up this weekend at Washington's homestand. So to start, uh, what I think was probably the biggest surprise of last weekend and also my biggest disappointment I'm going to talk a little bit about that Florida and Houston game. So, Jake, the first thing that I have to ask you, and I know I asked you this last week, and you kind of gave, uh, uh, you know, talked about how, you know, Florida, even if they're any good, they'll probably be in the middle somewhere. But the question I have is, is Florida actually any good based on what we saw? I mean, they did go up against the Houston Outlaws, who were not in very good form. But between Saya player and Yaki's Widowmaker and uh, May play and the... Uh, in my opinion, the tremendous plays that we saw from uh, McGravy and all of those alts that he ate, I, I don't know. What what should Florida fans be expecting based on what we saw last week? Well, I mean, I think they have a lot to look forward to. I think um, especially I would note also BQB on the DPS. BQB looked even better on the McCree than, right. than Saya. Saya obviously always looks good on a Widow, but it was good to see like that DPS diversity coming into play and, and everyone working well. And then as well, the pickups with... Uh, Gargoyle and Karayan really playing well, especially Gargoyle. I definitely want to shout him out as really looking solid on D.Va, which is something that every top team is just going to need a top D.Va, um, the way this patch is looking. So I think they absolutely do have potential. I mean, um, you know, maybe this has been... They've had some of the pieces of this puzzle, but maybe in picking up... Um, and picking up Gargoyle in particular, maybe they kind of patched a hole that they've been missing for a while. So, I mean, do you see them... If you were to give way too early predictions, are we looking at, you know, maybe play-ins? Could we see them start to, to move into the upper echelon? Because we've seen in the past teams that haven't had the best the best records, you know, come out of nowhere and kind of make really wholesale changes, whether that was stuff that they've made with the team or, you know, the meta just happened to sort of fall in their favor. You know, I'm thinking Shanghai having their amazing Stage 3 last year, or the Washington Justice coming alive in Stage 4, and now also continuing that trend into this season. I mean, how far could the Florida Mayhem go with this roster when we look at what some of the other teams that are sitting at the top look like? Um, I think there's no... I wouldn't really put a, like an upper limit on them, but I would probably just predict somewhere around play-ins, you know, fighting for plans, fighting for that lower end of this playoff spot. I mean, there's... You know, I don't know. I don't think they're really... Especially looking like how they were up against the Fusion, it doesn't seem like they're ready to go up against that top echelon quite yet and really stand toe-to-toe. But I definitely could see them, um, especially against those mid-table teams, you know, coming out on top, earning themselves a place in play-ins. I think that's where their head should be at. I mean, obviously their head should be at winning every game, but I think, like, if you're a fan, you could see them going that way and, and, and actually having some impact in the postseason. And even that, I think, is a great achievement if you're Florida, right? Like, this has been, overall, the worst team in the Overwatch League for the first two seasons. I think that's... Maybe there's some contention there, but it's it's pretty clear for me that they, they've had like the worst <laughs> results consistently. You know, other teams have had highs and lows, but they've had the worst consistent results. So to be able to, you know, get plans is a big deal for their fans and, and for the community. So I think that's nothing to shake a stick at, and I think they could do just fine in the upper mid-table. Right, well, when uh, we talk about highs and lows, a team that's been suffering quite a few of those lows, uh, obviously not just this season, but even near the end of last season, uh, the Houston Outlaws, your old stomping ground. You know, 
All right, so obviously on social media, you know, the team was talking that a lot of them were under the weather. You know, they were suffering uh, uh, from uh, flu or some sort of illness. So that obviously does play a role in your performance with, uh, you know, being up on stage there. You know, your your mental acuity and your focus is definitely has to be an all-time high. But how much of what we saw could really be attributed to that? Um, well, I mean, I think people underestimate how much impact it can be. It can have to be to be sick in a game like Overwatch. You know, it's one thing for like one player or two players, but if a lot of players start getting sick at the same time, um, the comms start to slow down. Everybody starts to be mentally slower, and this is just not a game where that's acceptable. I mean, like if you're a little bit slower, that results in you losing a lot of fights, and and it's not just um, the details, but really those details start to snowball, and there's so much um, snowball potential in Overwatch that. Um, you know, a couple fights lost because your reaction time isn't as good leads to fights that are just unwinnable no matter how well you're playing. So uh, even if you kind of wake up at moments and start playing well, it might just be too little too late. Um, and I think from Houston, we also saw some really poor strategic decisions like the, the Lucio Brig comp. I think there's potential to that comp, like uh, running into mid on control points and, and, and trying to, you know, swarm the enemy down and, and get value off of rally really fast. But I think it... It does not work long term, especially against what Florida was running with the Brigana. It's pretty much a hard counter. I mean, they don't need the, the the Lucio to enable their team because they're just going to sit back and wait for you. And they've got a Bionade, and you just don't. So um, Brig really, really suffers against that Bionade. And you know, it's like kind of 100% on your Diva and your Rhine to block that. But if if it does slip through, and and Gangnam Jin, of course, have did a great job slipping those through, and then. You're really just like, why am I playing this comp? You know, you're getting no value off your healers. So um, I was really worried about that strategically from Houston. I feel like they should have adjusted that before the end of the match, but it felt like it took a full, you know, 3-0 beatdown for them to actually realize it's not a good comp, um, which that was pretty worrisome. So for the coaching staff, I think they've got to reevaluate. And, and also, I think I would hope that the players would just be more adaptable than that, right? Like, even if you come into the match and your coaching staff has told you, this is the comp, you guys got to play this comp. You know, maybe that is part of the sickness. You're not really thinking clearly, but when it starts to really not work, you know, a few times in a row, it's just like somebody's got to realize, hey, like, let's switch this up. Hey, let's like, you know, bring out this more standard comp or or let's try like a Reaper comp or, you know, like let's try something different. Right. And that's, I think, so important where if the enemy team is just countering what you're doing and they understand how to play against it, and it's not working. You've got to throw something new at them. You know, we've seen teams go too crazy with that, like Boston, but you've got to throw something new at them. Yeah, I think that that was probably, even the, the illness aside, because you could definitely tell that they weren't playing quite as cohesively as what uh, Florida or even Washington was the next day. And that can definitely, I think, be attributed to something like illness or lack of energy and focus. But you're right, not being able to switch up on the fly, you know, taking as long as it did just to think about switching their support line. I mean, as great as Hydration is, I definitely feel like he was being outplayed on the May at every corner, and even on Junkertown, when Blase was putting his uh, his McCree up against Saya's Widow play, or, or Widowmaker, you know, I realized that that's, uh, uh, Blase probably doesn't have quite the same skill on the Widowmaker as what Saya player did, but I feel like the Outlaws have always had this or there's, there's this bendous perception with them 
that they always try to push these comps maybe further than they than, than they could. And it seems like from a fan perspective, like they're trying to take this square peg and push it into a circle hole. I mean, can you give us any insight on on what the decision-making factor is on whether to switch up comps, try something new, or through multiple games try and stick with the same strategy? Could that have something to do with not having enough prep time or you know enough time as a team to prep multiple strategies? I mean, you just can't put it on prep time. It's like the beginning of the season. They've had they've had weeks and weeks to prep practice and and refine and like this is the most prep time they're ever going to have for matches so if it's prep time then i mean they're done right like there's it's not getting better than this so it can't be prep time in my eyes i i just feel i mean for me it's a big question mark because the only player left on the team um from when i was playing is muma like in terms of starting um i mean raucus was playing a bit but then we also saw repel cycled in so the only consistent starter from last year is muma um and I felt like Muma's plays were pretty out there. Like, it did not seem like the team and Muma were playing well um, together. Like, the May's constantly catching Muma out, and not so often on the other side. Felt Muma like he just felt like he was going for really, really aggressive pins and and solo kill plays that just weren't turning up anything at all. So, um, from my perspective, the team really needs to focus on that synergy between the tank and, and the rest of the the rest of the team line, especially if you're going to play Ryan. I mean, it. it Ryan is the meta, but Ryan is all about coordination, you know, he's a hero that's very, very one-dimensional, does a lot, you know, in that point-blank range, but essentially nothing outside of it, so you need to protect him, you need to enable the Ryan, and it just felt like that connection wasn't there. I actually felt like Hydration, for what it's worth, Hydration seemed to play quite well to me, I mean, it had a lot of nice Maywalls, um, a lot of nice, mostly defensive plays, because the team was mostly on the back foot, so he wasn't really able to, um, you know, pick up those huge multi-kills with the freeze or anything. But usually that results from your team, you know, being dominant and, and winning team fights. And you're able to capitalize on that with May. And I felt like that's kind of what was missing. I mean, Hydration was just fo- focused on defending the team. Uh, and you make a great point with Blase on, on the McCree. I mean, Blase's playing fine on McCree, but on, on a map like Junkertown first, I just wish they would run a different strategy or like maybe a Reaper or something to try and TP into the Widow's face. But... Um, or, or some, some sort of different cop. I mean, Junkertown first, though, is a map where it's like, come on, like, what's, where's the coaching there? Because you just have to play a Widow player on that map, in my opinion. I, I've always looked at Junkertown first, like, this is just a terrible map. Like, you have to play Widow. There's no other hero that deals with Widow. It's just, like, she's an actual metric, you know, 10 kilometers away from you and just taking free shots and, like, you have to stop her or else she's inevitably going to take you out. And it felt like that just wasn't there for the team, you know, and they lost so much time on first. And uh, really, at any point, an, an enemy team knows they can just bring out Widow. And uh, the only counter that you're going to see from from Houston is like this this Russian comp. But if you, you know, you compare that to someone like LA Valiant, where even with KSP on the lineup, they don't always go to Widow for the duels. Sometimes they were splitting off their Lucio and their Diva for that like two-part rush on the flank to try and pressure the Widow and let the McCree focus on what he's good at. And it felt like that sort of thing was not there either for the Outlaws. Like they weren't splitting effectively into like key groups that can each deal with, you know, one part of the enemy team. Uh, they were really just kind of playing the stagnant death ball style. So, I mean, I think there's some real improvement that we'll need to see from the Outlaws before they're winning any games. Well, uh, it was obviously their first outing. It was an unfortunate one at that. So for the uh, Houston Outlaws, their fans, and for myself as well, let's hope that they can get together before this uh, weekend in Washington. So uh, last week, we chose as the uh, the game of the week, the game that you had to check out 
the Philadelphia Fusion versus the Washington Justice. And uh, man, what a game that was. I mean, even just by the end of Nepal, we could tell that we were in for a hell of a match. Um, what was the big standouts to you in this matchup between Philly and Washington? Oh, for me, this was the Sado show. I mean, he played so well in the Rhine. This is a, this is a hero that a lot of people, you know, talk trash on him. A lot of people said, oh, he can't. he's only a Winston one trick. He can't play Rhine properly. You know, he's not. And, but he, I mean, in my opinion, he came out on top of Roar in this series, a player who's known for his Reinhardt. So to me, Sado really looked great and really, like, that. if you had any question mark for the Philly Fusion, it was Sado. Like, can he, you know, play all the main tank slots? Like, how's that going to work? But he answered those questions Easily, I mean, uh, just looking really dominant on the Rhine. Great defensive play, finding the room to be aggressive, find those big shatters, big pickoffs. Um, really, everyone on the Philly Fusion looked so strong in this match. Justice, you know, had their bright spots, had their moments, but this feels like a meta where, you know, there's like a couple spots on a couple maps where you can play Widow, but not it's not consistent. So Corey, I mean, doing well on the McCree, but he's basically just matching Carpe on the McCree, and there's, it's it's pretty rough to carry when. You know your main team is getting dominated like that. Like I felt like the supports and the um, the supports and the tanks from the Philly Fusion were really where this match was won. And then on DPS, it was more of a more of a trade, more even. But um, on DPS, there's not so much you can do to carry this meta. I mean, this is a great meta, I think, because it really requires the whole team to succeed in order to get those wins. Like there's no you can't just hard carry on Widow or hard carry um, on like one of the tanks. You know, really, everyone has to be playing well. Diva is really powerful. She needs to be staying alive, but still getting a lot of value. And your support line can make a ton of space and do a ton of damage with the Ana Lucio. Very, very flexible support line. So um, I was really impressed as well with Alarm and Funny Astro, um, both looking great on the support really making it work for Philly Fusion. I think they could be another, a top team again this year. All right, well, it would definitely uh, be cool to see them return to form. You know, Carpe last year had a little bit of a down year. I believe the uh, Fusion ended up 10th uh, place overall. So to see them sort of surge back up to the top, uh, I think uh, a lot of Philly fans will definitely be looking forward to that. Uh, as always, guys, you know, we value your opinions, and we don't want to know what you have to say. So let us know whether that's in the uh, YouTube comments. Unfortunately, uh, I do check them. Uh, letting us know what you think on Twitter, Checkpoint XP, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also uh, communicate directly with Jake at JakeOW. We'll be right back, guys, with a little bit of a fantasy draft that has its own little spin on it. The latest in college esports from the students that play. 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 Go behind the scenes at the schools that game. The only place where esports are on, on, on campus. Hey, I'm Rachel. And I'm Michaela, And we are from the Theme Park and Rec Podcast. So if you visit the parks often, or maybe you're planning a trip to any of the Central Florida theme parks, we even talk about Disneyland too, you definitely want to check out our podcast because we have tips, we have secrets, and we give you options on how to really maximize your time at the parks. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you, guys. Welcome back, and thanks for watching or listening if you happen to be downloading the podcast. Uh, we appreciate you uh, hanging out with us today and uh, doing something fun here for today's middle segment. We're actually going to do our own fantasy-style draft, but there is a catch here. And the catch is, once a player has been chosen from a team, you can no longer choose anyone else from that team. So we'll have uh, players from 12 different teams 
by the end of this, and uh, to start off, we're going to have uh, our producer and cameraman here, uh, Rick, do a coin toss decide who goes first. So, Jake, go ahead and call it Heads or Tails, and Rick just dropped it. All right, I'm going to say Tails never fails. All right, he's going Tails. What is it? It is Tails. So yes. You get to go first. All right. All right. All right. Hmm. All right. Hmm. I was I was thinking more about so going. We are second. going with the usual two two two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll go first if you don't so mind. So are we doing? So I pick two. Do first. I pick two players or I, I pick just one? Right? No, 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 no. But but we're doing uh, doing the the oh, okay, uh, the two 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 comp. So two tanks, two supports, yeah, two, yeah, 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 two sure, DPS. Sure. All right. So my first pick is easy. Then it's Troy Hilton from the SF Shark. All right, not bad. And oh man, that takes so many players off the board now. Yeah, well, I mean, if you didn't oh, pick somebody from the so shock upset. first, you weren't really, you didn't really come to play. So, uh, well, I didn't even have a chance to. All right, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the other way then. I'm gonna go ahead and take uh, the New York Excelsior off the board. And uh, for my, oh, I don't know if I want to do the main tank or the off tank. You know, I'm, I'm gonna go hot, but I'm gonna go hot, but for the off tank position, man. Starting with a strong off tank is a key to a foundation to a solid team, so I don't, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I think so. And you blocked to me taking mono. I, would, I, I was pricing seen. mono very, very high. So. <laughs> all right, balls in your court now. Mm, okay, I think I'm gonna go with gonna go with Twilight from Titans. Twilight. Man. Man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Cool. So you got you got your tank line there. No, he's a main support. Oh, We're no, flexible. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm sorry. Twilight. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I was thinking. I was thinking of Fisher. I think because because I was looking at him. Mm. I've, I've I've been you a little hard on him the past few years, but but I was looking at him. I was looking to complete my my tank line here pretty early on. Mm. Uh, no, you know what? In fact, I'm gonna go ahead and do that. Uh, I'm gonna take Dallas off the board. I'm gonna go with Gamsu as my main tank. Interesting, interesting. Well, that kind of blocks the pick I was thinking of going to next. I gotta, I gotta think for just a minute now. Hmm. I need. I think I need some. I need some. Some DPS is what I'm feeling. Hmm. Oh, don't you do it! Don't you do it! Hmm. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna get a little. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna take Sado. I'm taking another main tank. I'm never taking another oh, tank. No. I'm taking out Philly Fusion. Oh, I was going to take Carpe, man. Yeah, I got to block all those oh, strong players. Great. The key is always pick from the oh. best teams. Like, you don't pick, like, a strong player from a weaker team at all in this system because <laughs> you need to block the strong teams. So Yeah, no, you got to get the value. You get a good player, so got, and you take all the other good I've players from that Sado, team. I've got Sado, I've got Troy, and I've got Twilight. It's already looking pretty sick, but all right. Oh, all right, man. Okay, um... Boy, I, I am going to go the DPS route, route. I do want to get a strong player uh, in my lineup here. Mm -hmm. So I am going to go with uh, one of my longtime favorites here. Uh, and that is going to be Surefor as my first DPS off the Toronto Defiant. Mm, all right. Surefor. That's a solid pick. Hmm. See, I'm afraid to pick something even just in my mind before you say something because then you're just going to go ahead and somehow telepathically read what it is that uh, I'm you, looking at. You've discovered my, my strategy, of, of course, relying on my telepathy. <laughs> hmm. 
All right, I think I, I could probably use some DPS, but do I really want to go that route just yet? Hmm. Hmm. This is where the this is where the picks get a little more complicated, I think. And you gotta you gotta it, you gotta think. It a is. Bit more. It is. Both both DPS wise and and support wise, because all the ones that immediately pop into my head have already been taken <coughs> off the board. Mm, exactly. All right. So um. I'm gonna pick. Mm, yeah, I'm gonna pick Corey. Let's do it. Ah, oh, okay. No, that's fine. That's fine. I wasn't relying on a Washington pick. That's fine. Good pick, though. Good pick. Definitely a good pick. All right. Um, I feel like I need to get. I need to get at least one really good support in here before everyone's p potentially taken off the board. Where am I looking? Uh, the the gladiator, Shaz, and Big Goose—they're good, but I feel like I feel like you need them as a package deal if you're gonna go. Uh, so who who else we gonna be looking at here? Um, all right, I think that for my first support, I am going to pick up off of the Soul Dynasty. I think I'm gonna go with Toby. All right. All right. And hope you don't take my other support now. <laughs> oh, you have to see. I'm, I'm thinking, thinking. Where should I come next here? Ooh, I've a. I got a. Hmm, I got. I think I have a good draft here. Um. Yeah, I think... All right, I got, I got my last two picks. All right, I'm going to pick up... Um, I'm going to pick up IDK for my main support. Off, off the spark. Okay, okay. Not a bad. Not a bad pick. Okay. IDK's a god, man. Uh, so, god gamer. Yep, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to finish out my support line, and I'm going to take uh, Dogman from the Atlanta Reign. All right, all right. So uh, what, uh, uh, do we both need uh, one more one more DPS? Is that I think so. I need, I need a DPS. I think that's it. All right. So let all me just right. think what my options are. So the teams are still in the pool. Um, we got the Boston Uprising, the Chengdu Hunters, the Guangzhou Charge, the Houston Outlaws, the London Spitfire, both LA teams, Florida Mayhem, the Paris Eternal, and the Shanghai Dragons. Hmm. All right, yeah. You know what? I think I'm going to – this is maybe a dark horse pick. Maybe people disagree, but I'm going to take KSF. From the valley, I feel like KSF. No! I feel like KSF is is underrated. Oh. I think this is his season to come into true form. Finally, able to play full time flex DPS. That's what he's best at, and I want him on my team. Welcome aboard, KSF. <laughs> that was my pick. Uh, well, Not even just my team. That was my pick, man. You got sniped. Can I say? Oh no! What am I looking at? All right, who do we got here? Because you're right. This last one needs to be. Needs to be a good flex DPS. Oh boy, oh boy. Oh man. It's slim pickings now too, I feel. Well, there's some, you know, there's um, good players, yeah. There's good players, yeah. There are, no, for sure, for sure. Oh. I'm feeling pretty good about my team. Take, taking a look. 
You know what? Okay. Good. You know, based on their performance, their their, their performance this past week, uh, I'm actually going to go ahead and uh, pluck one from the Florida Mayhem. I'm going to go with Yaki. All right, Yaki. Yaki was solid. For sure, yeah. that's not mm-hmm. bad at all. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So yeah, uh, there we go. Those are those are the uh, the ones that we got here. So uh, let's see if we can just recall them really quick uh, from memory. Uh, so on my team, I'm looking at Sherfor and Yaki as my DPS, Toby and Dogman as my support, and my tank line is Gamsu and Hotba. And uh, we also need team names here too. So uh, since we uh, uh, do, you know, do uh, I'm located here in our studio in Detroit, mm. we are going to be the Detroit usual suspects. Dang, you thought that up. That's not fair. I didn't know we had team names. <laughs> um, um, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get a boring team name, but my team is composed of, we got Sato and Choi, that's my tank line, my frontliners. Behind them, we've got Corey, KSF, dealing the damage, bringing that flexibility. And then in the back line, keeping everybody up, we've got Twilight and IDK. Can't think of a better roster here. I'm really feeling confident in my so team. I'm still so upset about KSF. And I may be living in I'm LA, so but, <laughs> but I get to role play as the, the, the San Diego team, because that's where I'm from. So okay. I'm gonna say uh, we are the San Diego. Hmm. What's a? You know, it's like. Hmm. What about the San Diego snipers? Since you took my pick, San Diego snipers. Hmm. I like it. I like it. But it's too. It's like. Too, well, I guess it's fine, right? Because the only thing that's funny is the outlaws are like the sharpshooters in China, <laughs> but we don't need to talk about that. So yeah, the San Diego, yeah, yeah, the San Diego snipers. All right. Well, uh, to decide whose team win, who has the better draft here, we're actually going to put that out to you guys on social media. So make sure you head on over to Checkpoint XP on Twitter and look for the poll. Let us know whose lineup you think would come out on top. Coming up here in just a moment, we're going to give you our match of the week and talk about what you should be watching this weekend at the Washington homestand. That was fun. Yeah, that was highly enjoyable. The Other Identity is the best podcast about comic books for fans and new readers alike. Put together by a group of lifelong comic geeks, hear comic book history, current comic news, and a general look at the industry. In addition to all the latest in comic talks, the show also features creator interviews, listener responses, and allows you to experience all the joys of a Wednesday afternoon at the comic shop from the comfort of your own headphones. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Students are playing more video games than ever, and that's not a bad thing anymore. With Checkpoint XP on campus, you can peek into the world of college, esports, and gaming. We talk to personalities in the space like Phasix, who retired from the Overwatch League to join a college team, or thought leaders like James O'Hagan of the Academy of Esports, who's leading the charge on blending education and video games. It's not all black holes and floss dances. Games can lead to college scholarships, and we can tell you where on Checkpoint XP on campus. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, as always, for joining us and for sticking through us here through the whole show into the preview for this weekend. Now, uh, just like last week, we have a little bit of a truncated schedule here because of the matches in China that were canceled, but have been rescheduled for week six and seven of the season. That is going to be... That is going to be a uh, weekend just chock full of Overwatch. Uh, but, of course, today we're going to get down into what to expect this week. And we're going to start 
with our match of the week. So right off the top of the day, uh, Saturday, the first match coming up, the Philadelphia Fusion versus the New York Excelsior. I think without a doubt, looking at what's going down this weekend at the way the two of them performed thus far, this is the match to watch. Jake, what should we expect from these two teams? Well, I mean, you always hope for a little more lead up on the match of the week, but in this case, I don't think we're going to get it, but uh, that just means we get to start off with a bang. So, I mean, these are the two top dogs, I would say, coming into this weekend of matches. Um, I believe the only two teams that are undefeated coming in, besides, of course, the Defiant, we haven't seen play yet. So, honorable mention to Fusion Defiant, I think that'll be exciting as well. But I think Fusion and New York, it's, it's the New York-Philly game. It's two undefeated teams, two teams that are both vying for the title really are, you know, I would expect to see both of these teams in playoffs. And, um, you know, for me, that's what makes it so exciting. You get to see the best of the best clash live in Washington. So um, Fusion versus New York Excelsior, I think that'll be the match of the week to watch. I think that's just star-studded on both sides. And, yeah, I, I can't personally wait to see that game. Yeah, no, I think you basically just hit everything that uh, that anyone needs to know about that match. And uh, it's great that it's going to be starting us off as well. Of course, we do have other matches going on that weekend as well. Outlaws versus The Uprising. Um, oh, no. See who, at the least at the bowl. moment, is the bottom of the bottom. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I hate to say it. Uh, we have The Justice versus The Eternal. Uh, on Sunday, The Outlaws are going up against Nixle. Uh, Fusion versus The Defiant. And uh, Justice versus Spitfire. And actually, besides the match of the week, I think the two that I'm most looking forward to... And the Divine have played one match so far. They did go up against the Eternal. Oh, uh, yeah. is I'm actually looking forward to that Fusion versus Defiant match. Um, I feel I feel like the Defiant is it's one of those rosters that is absolutely star-studded from top to bottom. There's a lot of great names in there and a lot of I think you know fun people to watch. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm hoping that they come together well and are a cohesive team. Um, because given their branding and their close proximity to where I am, they're the closest thing I'm going to have to a home team. Uh, but I think the other uh, uh, fun match to look forward to as well is uh, Justice versus the Spitfire. You know, uh, Justice obviously gave us a great showing this past week, and Spitfire is one of those rookie rosters that I think has a lot of potential and a lot of promise there. Um, well, what do you think, Jake? I think between those two, Justice and the Spitfire and the Fusion and Defiant, which of those two matches uh, do you expect to see a better showing out of? Honestly, I think both of those could be really great. Um, I do think the the Justice versus Spitfire is a little bit more closely matched. I do expect to see the Fusion come away pretty dominantly over the Defiant, but, you know, who knows? The Defiant, maybe they could reset expectations there. I think a lot of people were doubting them against the Eternal as well, and they and they certainly proved us wrong. So um, I, I think that you're totally right. It's a very interesting, exciting team to watch. Um, could Anything's possible, but, of course, the Fusion just looks so good in their matches. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll know more maybe coming out of the Nixle match. Um, you know, whether to expect the Fusion to be as dominant. Um, but I think Justice for Spitfire is going to be really, really interesting. Both teams with a lot to prove, both teams with, you know, ups and downs so far in their record, um, even this early in the season. So I think that match will be really exciting. Spitfire has shown a lot of promise in what they do, but just not a lot of variance in actually executing new and different strategies. Um, whereas the Justice, I think, have been... Um, a little more up and down with like just that that exact with the comp that they're playing. Um, so I think the match could be volatile, and I think there's going to be a lot of preparation for both teams in terms of fixing their mistakes, building on their strengths going into this match. So I, I could really expect that to be a really interesting one where both teams show an, a new side of themselves. 
I also think that the Washington uh, Justice, too, obviously they're going to be at their hometown uh, uh, with their homestand. I'm expecting a lot out of them. They really seem to feed off the crowd in Philadelphia last weekend, just all the boos and the hate. So, you know, uh, seeing Corey and Stratus and how uh, sort of they play into that home crowd, I think is going to be really exciting uh, to see, guys. Uh, that's all the time that we have for today. Uh, once again, make sure you connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can find us personally at Jake OW on Twitter as well as Jake underscore. OW at Twitch, and uh, you can find me, Robbie underscore Landis CP. Thank you guys so much for joining with us tonight, uh, and uh, remember to always stay on that payload.